ask you to join with us now as we sing Victory in Jesus. Please stand as we sing hymn number 426. as we gather here in your house to worship. We have so much for which to be grateful. We're mindful of 
those making sacrifices now around the world to protect our freedom and our, our opportunities to worship you as we see fit. We ask you to bless and protect them. We're also mindful of our forebears who have stood up for their faith in Jesus Christ and have handed down to us a legacy of of worship, of love for the gospel, and of a desire to see all come to know Jesus. We thank you especially among us this day for the senior adults who have been faithful in our own church's history to uh, grow in their knowledge and to share that knowledge with the younger generations coming along, that all of us might be faithful links in the chain that passes on the good news of Jesus Christ from one generation to the next. Be with us now in worship, inhabit our praises, and move us to greater faithfulness for thee. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Good morning. How are you boys and girls? Good. I'm so glad to see you in God's house this morning, worshiping him. It's good to be here, and it's, it's good to offer our praises to the Lord, for he is good. It's uh, time for Happy Club, and I think Keaton Lacey has our bag this morning. And I'm a little nervous about this. Keaton, let me see what you brought today. Oh, my, let's see. All right, Keaton. They're what? Babe blades. What do you do with them? Is this dangerous? Wait, is, is something going to go off? No. Uh-uh, you pull it. Don't, don't poke anybody's eye, okay? No, you pull it, and then it, no, after you pull it, it spins. Oh, it spins like a top. And it spins like a top? That's not, we're not going to pull it in church. These battle, we, oh, these things, like you spin both of them and they battle against each other. No, don't show me. Don't show me. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. They kind of bounce off and, and roll around and, and fight like each other like that, yeah, bouncing they, off. They fight and then one of them has to stop. Speaking. One of them will eventually stop and the other one will win. Well, that's, that's good, Keaton. The biggest we Yep. And it kind of reminds me, see how that thing pulls like that? You know what, boys and girls, in our Christian lives... I hope I didn't break it. In our Christian lives, we go through life, and in life, just you know, we spin and we spin, and and sometimes things get faster and faster, and we bump into things, and Satan puts obstacles in our path to try to make us trip, but but God will help us, and He is faithful, and if we, you know, stay on the path that He's given us, we can keep spinning and stay on track. And serve him. So, so Keaton, that kind of reminds me of, you know, what our lives are like. We spin, and, and there are things that we bump into, but if we follow Jesus faithfully, we'll just keep on spinning and we'll keep on serving. And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. As a matter of fact, in our in our sermon this morning, I'm going to talk about how our senior adults have been spinning and living their lives and serving Him for a long, long time. And so, I want all of you to follow Jesus faithfully. And keep spinning your lives to serve him. Let's bow and ask God to help us do that. Let's pray. You pray after me. Dear God, thank you for helping us to live for you. 
Help us be faithful forever and ever. Amen. All right. Thank you, Keaton. Sometime after church, I want you to show this to me. And we'll play with it together. Okay? All right, boys and girls, it's a, it's a girl's turn, isn't it, Miss Sabina? Claire Hayes. Claire, will you take the bag home and bring something back special next week for me, please, ma'am? All right. Thank you, boys and girls. You can go to Children's Worship with Miss Sabina if you like. Good morning. I am so glad to be here this morning. I get to recognize some folks that uh, have really been with me. Uh, I mean, they've served with me. I've taught beside them, and I'm learning from you. And that's my senior adults. I'm Mark, who is the senior adult minister here at First Baptist. And again, I'm glad to recognize those who've made a tremendous difference in the life of First Baptist Church by their presence by their service, and by their faithfulness. And I get to recognize you in these three ways. And so let me first off recognize some seniors who may not want to be recognized. But uh, I'm going to recognize the oldest senior adult in the sanctuary today, in the congregation today. Would all seniors who are 80 years and older please stand up very quickly? If you can't stand, just raise your hand. Okay, if you are... That, that is great. Let, let's just give them a round of applause. They are faithful because of their presence here today. Thank you so much for being here. We'll do it like that. Let me secondly say, I would like to recognize the longest serving senior adult Sunday school teacher who is present in the congregation today. Would all senior adults who are Sunday school teachers please stand? Just all of them. Any senior adult who is teaching a Sunday school class right now, presently, there you go, okay? Now, again, that's a great thing, but let's see, how many of you have taught for more than five years? Stay, or stay standing for more than 10 years. Uh-oh, here we go, more than 15 years? More than 20 years? I'm going to stop there and let's just, let's, thank you. Praise the Lord. 20 years of Sunday school teaching. That's a lot of years. Okay, finally, I'd like to recognize a senior adult who is the longest tenured Christian present in the congregation today. Would all the senior adults who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and have been a Christian for more than five years, please just stand up right now. Five years. We're going to start low. How about more than, well, I'll skip a few. How about more than 15 years? If you've known Jesus for more than 15 years, you can have a seat. More than 30 years. If you've been a Christian for more than 30 years, I'm, I'm looking out there. I'm going to have to go higher. How about 40 years? If you've known Jesus for more than 50 years, more than 60 years? <laughs> some, you know, some of us aren't that old. I, I, I was sitting a long time ago. How about 60, 
five years. If you've known Jesus for more than 70 years, and I still see a few standing, let's just applaud them for their faithfulness in the Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Uh, If you did not stand this morning, would you now please stand in honor of our seniors? If you didn't stand at all, if you're not a senior adult, if you would stand right now in honor of our senior adults, as I pray a blessing on them, let's pray together. Let's bow as we pray. Father, thank you for the gift of life and how you have blessed First Baptist Church with many who have received the fullness and abundance that you give freely through your son, Jesus. Help us to recognize those who have given, who had served, and who have been faithful to you and your body, the church. They have taught us how to glorify you by giving of themselves. May we be faithful to support, pray, and continue to acknowledge them as they, so, as they are so faithful to equip, pray, and support us in the ministry of going and growing for you, Lord Jesus. Continue to bless our service of recognizing senior adults and all they mean to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, seniors.
says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And some people have tasted and known his goodness and his love for many generations. Will you please stand as we sing together, The Longer I Serve Him. and offerings have been offered to you from the beginning. Cain and Abel brought offerings. Moses spoke to his congregation, Take from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart. Jesus was more pleased with the poor widow's might, one-eighth of a penny, than he was with those who cast in of their abundance. Paul said to the Corinthians, He which soweth sparingly shall weep also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall weep also bountifully. Every man according as he prospereth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. As we come to this part of the service, let us do likewise. Likewise. 
Amen.
Well, isn't that a youthful, energetic choir behind me? And, and what's uh, so wonderful is that they're using their talents at any age to serve the Lord and their, their talent of, of music and singing dedicated to Him. We thank you, Joyful Sound, Senior Adult Sunday. Uh, what, a, what a fun challenge it was, preaching through the Bible and coming to the book of Acts on Senior Adult Sunday to find a passage of Scripture relevant for senior adults in the book of Acts. Acts 21, verses 15 and 16 is a small snippet of Scripture. Paul is returning to Jerusalem. He's been on a missionary journey. Uh, He's been collecting an offering. You know, his purpose, one of the purposes for his missionary journeys was to um, establish churches at major outposts, major cities in the known world in that day. And from that city, it would be like the hub of spokes on a wheel, and from that city, once a church is established, it would expand outwardly and, and spread the gospel to so many people. A second purpose Paul had in his missionary journeys was to collect an offering for the mother church in Jerusalem, composed of Jewish Christians who weren't sure yet what they felt about Gentiles coming into the faith. The Jewish Christians in Jerusalem felt that you needed to be a Jew first in order to become a Christian. And yet here is Paul out in the Roman Empire preaching the good news of Jesus to everyone regardless of their race or nationality or heritage. And so as a way to build bridges between the Gentile Christians and the Jewish Christians, Paul is receiving an offering from the Gentile churches, hoping that by taking it back to Jerusalem that they would receive it and realize that the Gentiles love them and pray for them and support them. And the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem might be more willing to embrace them as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Well, as Paul approaches Jerusalem on this particular journey, we don't know anywhere where he stays at night except one. And it's in this passage of Scripture we find out where Paul lodges upon a return trip to Jerusalem. And let me just read the passage and then explain why I chose this. Acts 21, verses 15 and 16 says this in the Revised Standard Version. After these days, we made ready and went up to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, bringing us to the house of Nason of Cyprus. My translation says an early disciple with whom we should lodge. For Senior Adult Sunday, Nason is is described as an early disciple. The King James says an old disciple. The New American Standard says a disciple of long standing. And, And other translations say having been a disciple for a long time. So here is Nason, perhaps a senior adult, opening his home to Paul. There's a lot of Factors going into this decision that we want to talk about this morning. Will you bow with me? Father, as we gather to worship you, we thank you that you're in control of our lives. I thank you for children in the faith, whatever age, who are new and excited and passionate about what you're doing in their lives. I thank you for for Christians who have been followers of yours for, for a while and are still growing in the Lord for middle-aged adults 
who have served you faithfully and are taking leadership positions in the church and in the community. And I thank you most of all today for senior adults who have known you and loved you and served you and discover that the longer they serve you, the sweeter you grow. That's so true. Father, help us come to know you like that too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Incidentally, I love the music in today's service. The old gospel songs, Victory in Jesus, The Longer I Serve Him, The King is Coming. There is just uh, no substitute for those songs that are tried and true. There are over a hundred people who are mentioned in the book of Acts. Acts is the story of the early church. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that talk about Jesus and his life on earth and the gospel getting, getting introduced and started on earth. And then the book of Acts begins, it's kind of the second part of Luke's writing. Luke wrote both the gospel of Luke and Acts. And, and the book of Acts begins with Jesus' ascension into heaven and then what happens on earth After Jesus leaves and the gospel takes root and it begins to to spread, it's the story of the early church. And we know about a hundred folks in the book of Acts and what they did. Paul, we know about well, who was a a Pharisee, a persecutor of Christians at first, um, had an experience on the Damascus Road, was saved, and then became one of the, the greatest preachers and advocates for the gospel And he ended up writing most of the books we now have in the New Testament. We know a lot about Simon Peter mentioned in the book of Acts. He was a fisherman called by the Sea of Galilee by Jesus and followed Jesus. And and he was rough and ready, but he was also impulsive. And a lot of times Peter got caught with his foot in his mouth. You know, he said, uh, I'll walk on the water to you, Jesus. And yet he began to sink. Uh, And yet Jesus turned to Peter and said, you're the rock and on this rock, I will build my church. And then Peter ended up denying him three times before the cock crowed. We know something about most of the apostles that followed Jesus. But when it comes to this man named Nason of Cyprus, we know very little other than these two verses confined here for us. You know anything about me? You know I don't like preaching on just a a verse or two because you can take it out of context and and make it say what you want to say. But this is all we have of Nason, and he's so interesting. He houses Paul on his final trip to Jerusalem, whereas most of the Jewish Christians, as I said, were suspicious of Paul and resentful of him taking the gospel to the Gentiles. And yet here is one named Nason who not only welcomes Paul, but opens his home to him. The King James says... An old disciple, not very politically correct in today's terms. The New English Version says, One who had been a believer since the early days, New American Standard, a disciple of long standing, and here in Revised Standard, an early disciple. Incidentally, the name Nason means, I looked it up in a dictionary, it means remembering. So not only did Nason know a great deal about Lord, the Lord not only had he been a follower of Jesus for a long time, but he also remembered what he had learned. And having followed Jesus faithfully for years and having remembered what he learned, it put him in good stead to teach us the value of Christian maturity, the meaning of Christian discipleship, 
and the importance of Christian faithfulness, my outline for the message this morning. First of all, the meaning of uh, the value of Christian maturity. The word translated early or old or long-standing is the Greek word archaos. I think we get the word archaic from, from that word today, but that word has some, bad, some negative connotations because we read archaic and we think antique or old or ancient. That's not necessarily its usage here in the book of Acts. I think it means more someone who has been doing something for a long time. And Nason could have well become a follower of Jesus in his youth. So he doesn't have to necessarily be an old man at this point. Although he could have been. Maybe on Cyprus, word of of Jesus got to him while he was still a youth. And he became a follower of Jesus. Or sailing from Cyprus, the island in the Mediterranean, to the mainland in the Middle East. Maybe he heard of Jesus at Caesarea. It says some folks from Caesarea knew him. Maybe he was there when Peter preached at Pentecost. And if that happened shortly after Jesus' ascension in A.D. 33, here we are about A.D. 60, which makes it some 27 to 30 years later. Nason has been a follower of Jesus and has been learning and growing and changing and maturing. And honestly, there is no shortcut to Christian maturity. I've seen so many Christians get excited about their faith when, they, when they're saved, but then it's like a flash in the pan. And it, it concerns me because I see them slowly drift away from the faith. In my last church, and, and let me just say it's so good to have a last church where I can draw negative illustrations from because there are none in this church. But in my last church, we had a a, a Sunday school director who was a real go-getter and just a great guy. And he said, I've got a good friend here who's a new Christian that I want to partner with me and be the assistant Sunday school director. And, And it sounded good. And we said, okay. So he and this other young man began partnering and our Sunday school began to grow and flourish. And we were running 250 to 300. And within about six months, we were running over 400 and 450 and, and things were growing great. I was so excited. But then after a while, this new Christian, things begin to, to unravel for him. And, and some, some errors in his personal life and in his home and his family became public knowledge. And he, he kind of quit coming to church and he fell away. And I, you know, what do you do with a Sunday school director who doesn't come to church anymore? It's kind of embarrassing. And I realized that there is no shortcut to Christian maturity. You don't take new Christians and put them into positions of leadership and responsibility in the church until they're able and mature, until they've able to have had time to grow in the faith. I'll just be honest. Um, even when I get stuck in places, I call Brother Chess. He's been a pastor preaching for more than 60 years. And I'll ask him, Chess, I've got this, this problem. I've got this concern. What, what's your advice? And Chess has been there and done that. And, and there's so much experience and wisdom to be tapped into. And that's what our senior adults make possible. They bring a wealth of knowledge and experience. There are many things that have happened that they haven't been through, that they can't share with us in younger generations. I, I just did put myself in the younger generation, didn't I? 
And they can share with us and, and we can benefit from the experience that they have gone through. To those of you who are early disciples in our church, we need you. We need the wealth of experience and Christian wisdom that you bring to the table. Because you know the value of Christian maturity. There's no shortcut to that. You can't get there in a hurry. It comes from walking with Jesus over a long period of time, knowing that the longer you serve him, the longer you walk with him, the longer you have experienced his faithfulness in good times and bad, the sweeter he grows. The value of Christian maturity. Secondly, the meaning of Christian discipleship. Two things stand out in my mind about Nason. The first thing is that he had been a Christian for a long time. The second thing is that he still was. He still was a follower of Jesus, still active, still involved, still working after many years of being a Christ follower. Because the Christian life is not a sprint. I said this before, the Christian life is a marathon. The Christian life is a process of discipleship. And that's what I try to to get into the hearts and minds of of newcomers in the faith who who profess their faith publicly and and are baptized. We meet before baptism and I say, listen to me. This does not conclude your Christian life. This does not end the process of your relationship with Jesus. This is the beginning. And this process is something that lasts not just until Jesus returns, not just until you die. It lasts forever and ever in this world and the next, but you're off to a great beginning. Don't ever stop in your walk with Jesus because Christian discipleship is an eternal, not just lifelong, but an eternal process. It reminds me of a man who came home from work one day and he was surprised to find his wife at home because he thought she was taking golf lessons. And she said, he said, why aren't you getting some more golf lessons? And she said, well, I got a lesson yesterday. Why should I go back? I learned how to play yesterday. That's all there is to playing golf, isn't it? Just one lesson. Hit the ball in the cup, go to the next cup. Hit the, I play golf, it's, it's boring. Nothing like tennis, but anyway... You can't learn to play golf in one lesson. You can't learn to play golf in one day. People work at it their entire lives. I think it's no coincidence that the root word for disciple is the same as root word for discipline. Because being a disciple, being a follower of Jesus Christ, means that you have incorporated the spiritual disciplines into your life. You don't just drift into Christian maturity. It doesn't just happen. Christian maturity comes because you are obeying Jesus and walking with him and following him. It's it's interesting to me that all the analogies of the Christian life in the Bible emphasize the process. The analogies like a race. Run the race that is set before you. Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. That race, once again, is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And you begin that race the day you invite Jesus into your heart. And like that top that spins, you don't stop spinning. 
until Jesus takes you home and even then you serve him and follow him and worship him forever and ever in heaven. It's a race. The Christian life is described in Ephesians 6 as a battle. It's a battle that you wage against the the forces and the powers of the air in this world. And it's not just one battle, but it is a lifelong war. The Christian life is described as, as being a process that matures from that of being a baby up until an adult. It says, don't just eat the milk of babies, but drink and eat the meat of Christian maturity. So it's growing from the milk that babies eat to pablum, to baby food, to, to solid food, to meat. It is a process becoming a mature Christian. Finally, the Christian life is described as building a house of which Jesus is the only sure foundation. And that house isn't erected overnight. It is a lifelong process once again. They are all processes. And it it takes time because there's no shortcut. The spiritual disciplines that you need to incorporate in your life are Bible study, prayer, worshiping, tithing, um, and, and witnessing, Bible study, prayer, worship, tithing, witnessing, all those things are important. And if you're not growing in your Christian life, look at what you're missing. If you, if you are doing these five disciplines, I can promise you you're growing in your Christian walk. If you aren't growing, then something is missing. Bible study, prayer, worship, tithing, witnessing, all five essential disciplines in the Christian life. Because the Christian life is a disciplined life. It's not an easy life. Jesus died for us and we believe in that and it's free. But once you become a Christian, then the spiritual disciplines are incorporated. And you begin to follow him faithfully. Doing these five things that draw you closer and closer to him. So as there's value in Christian maturity, there's meaning of Christian discipleship. Finally, there's the importance of Christian faithfulness. Nason had been a Christian for a long time, and he still was. He's been faithful. He's been faithful, and he's remembered for being faithful. And that's something we can all do. Whether you have five talents or one talent or ten talents, it doesn't matter. Whatever talent God entrusts to you, you can use faithfully for him. You can use it for him. You don't stop. You don't rest on your laurels. You don't prop your feet up. You continue serving him. As a matter of fact, once you retire, you have even more time to serve him faithfully. And and one thing that just keeps this church going are are the senior adults who, who devote so much time and energy through the ministries and programs here. And I'm thankful for the children and and the young adults and middle adults, but the senior adults are really the backbone of our church. And and one of the benefits of being a church that's almost 125 years old is that we have this wide span of demographics from, from children to young adults to middle adults to senior adults because every segment is important and they all mutually work together in the body of Christ to accomplish the things that he has given us. You go into a a new church start and you'll see a lot of young people with excitement, but you don't see too many senior adults who bring stability and maturity and strength to the fellowship. That's a benefit that we have here in First Baptist. 
I'm reminded of a story about a track meet in Alabama that took place several years ago. There was a young man who was a, a tall, strapping, well-built athlete who had run the mile and had missed the state record by just a few seconds. And there was a lot of interest in the, the finals of the state meet because college recruiters, track uh, team recruiters, coaches were there to see him. Uh, fans from the high school were there. Fans from all across the state were there to see if this young man would, would actually break the state record for the mile. And all the runners came together and they were going to begin the race. And as they took their mark, you could look across that row of runners and see that, that tall, strapping athlete just, uh, you know, finely fit and, and ready to run. But if you looked across, you saw at the end there was a, a short, skinny, little, spindly-legged boy who obviously didn't really have any business being in that group of athletes. Well, the gun sounded and, and that... That tall boy took off at a torrid pace and he was going around the track at record speed and all the eyes were on him and the others were following along. And, and as the race progressed around that track four times, he almost lapped that short little spindly-legged boy who was chugging along as fast as he could, huffing and puffing. Well, as, as that tall boy came around and hit the finish line, the gun sounded and Everybody cheered because he broke the state record and there was so much excitement and, and everybody was crowded around him and, and the workers at the track meet began to bring the hurdles out for the next event. But one of the judges said, no, move the hurdles, the race isn't over yet. And they saw that little boy still chugging around the track with all he could do, huffing and puffing and running just as hard as he can, but a couple of minutes behind the winner who had already finished the race. Finally, with his last gasp, he came in across the finish line and he fell across and his head buried into the cinders on the track and they lifted him up and brushed the cinders out of his mouth and off his face and said, Son, why didn't you just quit when you saw the race was over? And the boy sputtered and gasped and he said, Well, sir, we had a, we had a young man who could run the mile, but he got sick this past week and he couldn't run today and the coach promised to have an entry in every event, so he asked me if I'd come and run the mile, and I said, yes, sir, I would. And I said, sir, they, they didn't send me here to win, and they sure didn't send me here to quit. They sent me here to run this mile race, and so I ran it. Folks, God doesn't send us here to be winners, and he sure doesn't send us to quit. He sends us to run the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. You know what? It doesn't really matter where you start the race. What matters most is how you finish. Because the finish is what counts. And I don't want to hear Jesus say, Wayne, you were running so good. What happened? Why did you fail? I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your reward. Those words are awaiting us all who value Christian maturity. And understand the meaning of discipleship as a process.
and appreciate the importance of Christian faithfulness. Shall we bow? Father, as we gather here on Senior Adult Sunday, I thank you for the senior adults who have been so faithful to you and handed down to succeeding generations a love for you and a trust in you through all kinds of circumstances and yet have remained faithful. Faithful. And they stand before us today saying, come on. You can do it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Grow in your relationship with Christ. Spend time with him in prayer and Bible study. Come and worship him. Give of your resources to him. Share the good news of him to others. And watch your life grow from one week to the next, one month to the next, one year to the next. So with each passing mark in our life, we can look back and see where we've grown, how much sweeter our relationship with you has become because we discovered your faithfulness over longevity, over time. Help all of us to grow and mature wherever we are in our walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and sing an invitational hymn and give you the opportunity. If you need to start this process of discipleship, the way to begin is professing your faith, inviting him into your heart privately and then confessing it publicly. And today may be that day for you. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. You've known Jesus for a while, but you no longer have served him faithfully in recent days. You want to get back on the right track. Or maybe today you need to join this church. You have been worshiping with us and you want to come forward and say, you know what, I'm ready to get off the sidelines and get in the game. Let Jesus put me to work that I might serve him. Whatever decision you have, I'll be at the front to receive you. 613 is the servant song. You come as we stand together and sing.
personal business, a housekeeping I'd like to tend to before we conclude our worship services. And I'm going to ask Emory McMillan to go ahead and start making his way up here to the front. I can tell you right now, Emory is not happy with me doing this. But it is particularly appropriate on Senior Adult Sunday that we recognize our senior adult who has personified in so many ways these points in the outline I've just talked about, Christian maturity, Christian discipleship, and Christian faithfulness. Emory McMillan is someone who saw something that needed to be done and just rolled up his sleeves and did it. He started washing dishes in the kitchen over 40 years ago, standing in the return window and um, just doing something that no one else really wanted to do, but he saw the need and did it. I'm not going to tell you how old Emory is because you probably wouldn't believe it if I did, but age doesn't really matter because Emory is proof that no matter what age you are, it has no bearing on your willingness or your faithfulness to serve the Lord. He joined this church on February 15th, 1953, 59 years ago, by baptism. And my guess is shortly after that, he found something that needed to be done around the church. And he did it, as well as in the community. There have been days when uh, Emery would be working in the window in the kitchen or doing something, counting the money or getting ready the Lord's Supper for extension here at the church. And I'd go at the hospital to visit somebody, and he'd be sitting behind the desk at the hospital. And I'd look up, and I'd say, Emory, how'd you get from, from here to there? And he just moves all over this community, doing things behind the scenes, by himself, without fanfare or recognition. So today, we have a simple plaque. And it says this, presented to Emory McMillan in recognition and appreciation for 40 plus years of dedicated service through the ministries of First Baptist Church, Tifton, Georgia, June 3rd, 2012. And for him, and as well as for Jeff, who I understand may also be retiring from the kitchen, we have some gift certificates to some of their favorite restaurants. Because... As you probably surmised, Emory doesn't get to spend a lot of time at home cooking, so he's always out doing something, and uh, maybe these gift certificates will help feed him and Jeff so they can continue their service among us. Is there anything you'd like to say? I'm silent. <laughs> well, we appreciate you, and we love you, and you are an inspiration to all of us who want to live lifetimes of service, uh, loving our Lord and serving him and serving folks in this community wherever the job needs to be done without recognition, um, without fanfare, but just, just humble service. Come speak to the microphone. Oh. I'll tell you how old I am. I'm 90. But God's hand on me and makes me 40, so look out. <laughs> With that kind of attitude.
attitude. There's no stopping him. And, uh, and, and we have so many senior adults who could be recognized today who have served in so many areas.